good evening and welcome to Buzz Words and Music. I'm here this evening with a lovely and talented Carol Albert. She's a pianist, a composer, a producer, an arranger, just all around great person, great musician. And first of all, let me welcome you to the show tonight, Carol. And mm-hmm. I think this is the first time we've seen each other in many years. Definitely is, but way too long. Yes. I think the last time I saw you was with an Egg McMuffin in your hand you were handing me. (laughs) Carol used to work with uh, Herb Avery at at a studio that I was at, and she would come in in the mornings, and on the mornings that I was there, I don't know how we got started on that tradition, but (laughs) she would contribute to my cholesterol by bringing, upon my request, a Egg McMuffin every morning. So I still remember those fondly. Well, you know, it, it's always been my theory that, you know, people that are not hungry are happy people. So, <laughs> you know, I was always trying to get the, the, the happy thing going, you know. Every time you work in a studio, you want to keep everybody happy. You want to keep people happy, yep. Yep. <laughs> so what got you started in music from the beginning? I came from a musical family, but it was, you know, more musical in terms of church music, gospel music, bluegrass, country music. And my grandmother played the piano by ear, and she had cancer. And at the time that she had it, they amputated her right arm, which was pretty brutal. But anyway, she taught me the right hand parts, and she played the left hand parts. Oh, how sweet. That's how I started. Yeah. Wow. I started lessons and kind of kept going. So now you're classically trained, correct? I was classically trained, yes. But I also played by ear. I played in church. Growing up, I was a church organist, a church pianist, all the way through until I graduated from high school and then went to college in classical music and studied, you know, classical piano. Mm -hmm. Then when I graduated, I went into pop music. I was just kind of done with that and kind of just went from there. When you started playing pop music, were you in bands or anything like that? Or were you just doing solos and because you also sing? Well, the way that I started playing popular music is that uh, I got a call from an agency and they wanted to put a duo together Mm -hmm. with this other girl. So I said, okay, so we got some tunes together and, you know, did some gigs and had some steadies and then (laughs) that kind of split up. And I did solo jobs, and then I started doing, you know, one-nighters with bands. And I kept getting calls. One call led to another call that led to another call. And never thought about it. I just kind of went, really, from one thing to the next. And That's what we like. (laughs) You know, just kind of followed that. Yeah, that's that's actually, you know, there's not a lot of musicians that can say that, that don't have some period of downtime, be it performing or, you know, whatever. I've had periods where, you know, I relied on being a gig musician and, you know, sometimes the gigs just weren't there and then it's always feast or famine. It is. I mean, I was just very, very lucky and I've been told that I had the right instrument, the piano, of course. So one thing I'm grateful for my upbringing because by playing by ear, I learned how to become very versatile, going Mm -hmm. from church to classical music to country music. So I had the versatility to be able to play just a solo piano or go do a piano bar, just singing and playing or go do 
a one-nighter with a band. So coming through all that, what got you, because, and we'll, we'll, we're going to get into this for our listeners, because you are you're pretty much a smooth jazz sensation. What led you in that direction? Well, I think when I was over at Paula with her, I was writing some tunes. I've been to Europe, and I had some tunes I'd written while I was over there. And Herb says, well, just come record some. So I went in and recorded some with him. You know, they were a little jazzy. Some of them were a little more new age, but we worked on those together. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of kept writing. And I never, I mean, I don't think they even called it smooth jazz then. I just kind of, that was what I kind of heard in my head. And right. I've always kind of written that. And that's what it's called. <laughs> what was your breakthrough in that market? I had a record deal in the early 90s with a European company, but it hadn't really taken off. And, you know, we did two albums and both kind of just parted ways. But I came back into it. I did uh, Mashkanada, which I was always singing when I was traveling through Europe. Uh-huh. It was just kind of one of the songs that I always loved to sing. Yeah, and it's so a great song. Did a, did a little <laughs> remake of that and right out of the gate got on Sirius XM Watercolors. and. You know, it's like, well, what are we going to follow up with? Right. You know? And kind of just kept going with the tunes that I was writing and did a couple of remakes, did a couple of tunes that I had done in the early 90s. Oh, okay, and, uh, so you were covering yourself. I did. On <laughs> a one tune, I covered myself. Did you have to write and get your permission? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just having a blast and, and I love writing and just kind of follow where it takes me. It seems like you've kind of let the business just kind of find you in itself and take you to the next place. Well, I mean, you kind of have to do that because if you try to force it, it it just doesn't happen sometimes. (laughs) I mean, I do a lot of work, you know, I I, I really do quite a bit, but still it's going to take the direction a lot of times the way it wants to take and, you know, It's, yeah. it's the highs and the lows, and when it's time to quit, I'll quit, you know, uh-huh. but it's well, not fine yet. But. No, you're, if you're enjoying it, <laughs> and you you also at the same time have to balance a bit of a family life as well, correct? Right, right. And and how how, how is that for you? Because I, I know that can be tough in any circumstance. Well, I've done it for so long, you know, I just uh, started nature. early. <laughs> yeah, I, I started early, and I've just have to set priorities and some things you know I just have to let go but I you know as a result I never partied a lot and probably it was a good thing for me because you know I stayed healthy and yeah um, I had a lot of friends that you know went out and partied a lot and ended up in bad places so I personally kind of had a very boring suburbia life I you know I don't, I don't know <laughs> if you would call anything about your life boring jetting off to different jazz festivals, meeting all <laughs> kinds of musicians. I think I saw a picture you had posted where you were with, hanging out with Gerald Albright or something, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. You know. Yeah. Well, I've been very blessed to work consistently, I, you know, as a professional musician. Truly, I'm very, very grateful for that. So how many albums, do you, how many CDs, I should say CDs, because well, nobody knows right. albums anymore. <laughs> well, I have eight. The last album I did was my eighth album, so I'm working on it mm. the ninth. And I have a single out now, Fire and Water, that I just released that's on my ninth album. But it's probably going to be more like a shorter version of an album. 
I cannot um, even conceive of nine. And in what kind of a time frame? Oh, it's been a lot of years. You know, it's. I'm you know, still on my second one, and it's and it's 15 years apart right now. So. Well, it's people don't realize how much energy it takes. It and, really uh, does. It takes Cre a lot of your personal energy and creative and, energy. Uh, and you know, you have to believe in yourself, and sometimes it's hard to do. We all have our little insecurities at different moments that pop up and we have to deal with. Mm -hmm. And hopefully you kind of get them pushed in the box or something, but then another one pops up and it's like, right, right. you know. It's, it's never ending for sure. I but, mean, but that's a lot of CDs. Yeah, I'm very grateful to have been able to do that. Yeah. And continue to do that. So, and you've worked you know. with some, some great people along the way. Yeah, I've worked with some great artists in Atlanta. I've worked with some great artists, you know, all over the country. So it's... Yeah, uh, we have a couple of, well, probably more than a couple, but I know uh, Joseph Patrick Moore has done right. some things worked, with you. Yeah, I've worked with Joseph a lot. He's been very instrumental and in kind of helping me get my business, too, because you oh, know, he's, yeah. he is so He's on top of it all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've worked with Sam Sims and Little John Roberts. They were on my yeah. last album. But before that, you know, I worked with some Atlanta musicians, you know, uh, really they, fabulous. You recorded over at Trammels. Yeah, Scott Meter. I mean, yeah. fabulous drummer. Worked with Sam Skelton. He's just a fabulous player. And I've always been surrounded by really great musicians and great people. That makes all the difference in the world. I started with Herb Avery. You don't get yeah, better yeah, than yeah. That. You don't get much better I mean, <laughs> than Mr. CNN himself. Oh my gosh, you don't get much better than that. So you get spoiled. It's like you know, if you get in that caliber, Herb is just a genius. And that's kind of where you started, though, wasn't it? With right, Herb, that's where I started. So, yeah. so I mean, you know, you already start here. You, you, yeah, the bar was high. The bar was very high. Almost, you know. Right. You could pick a half a dozen other people and you would be below that bar. You had to keep up on that. When it comes to technology and music, how comfortable are you with all that? I know you're a pianist at heart. I've been in and out of that. But in the early 90s, you know, I had my little studio with Herb and uh, Ken Gregory. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I had my own studio. I did a P you know, some PBS work. I did a PBS series over there. I did a, my second album over there. I recorded a Christmas album in my little living room in Decatur. Hmm. But after that, I moved and just kind of never really got my digital stuff set up again until like 2015. Well, Everything, of course, changed. Yeah. And so I just kind of picked up where I left off. Right. Principally for writing and arranging. I write the parts and then try to transfer it to live instruments as much as possible. And it's a tool for me. It makes all the difference in the world to add actual players. I love working with other people. It just gives it life. I hope we get back to that a little more. Well, even online, you know, I basically did almost my entire last album totally online. You mean remote sessions with, with other people? Well, or? yeah, I mean, where I would send it out to a drummer he would go oh, okay. send it back to me right and then, okay you know i would compile it on my and then i'd send out you know that reagan whiteside addison flute to a tune of mine from flight and then she'd do hers and send it back to me and you know i did a lot of my album like that but they were still inputting 
and put yeah. in their live instrument. Abs absolutely. And, Just uh, by even by the way they may, may interpret playing your part right. can take you to a whole different place. That's why, I mean, I enjoy, you know, really working with other musicians. Yeah, I, I find it liberating. Mm -hmm. First of all, you don't have all the pressure on you. Right. I welcome other ideas. It's, you know, it's the same thing in, in producing. You may or may not remember in your trips to Kala, but in the control room, I used to have a sign that said, the producer is not God. And <laughs> I wanted all my artists to know that I'll try anything. Right. Now, yeah. you mentioned when you, were, when you were at the other studio and you had your setup that you had done a series for PBS. What was that series? Tell us about that. Well, it was a local series. It was um, a gardening show for Brian Ganey. It was a well-placed weed, a book that he had written, but it was really well-placed well weed. <laughs> the well-placed weed. And I like it. Yeah. <laughs> It was a great series, and I was very proud of the music that I did then, and mm -hmm. I really kind of got into it. Was that an ongoing? Well, it was, no, it was a series. Oh, okay. I mean, it, was, it was just, it was a series before series were popular. Yeah. It was a seven-part series. Did you write different music for each series, or were yeah, you? Yeah, I did. Oh, wow. I did. I, and I wrote different music for each little episode, and you know, got the moods of each little one. And wow. uh, it was it was a great, it was a lot of fun. I really, really enjoyed that experience a lot. When you write, because I always find this fascinating how different people write music. You sit down at the piano and start just playing and kind of coming up with an idea or, or are you laying in bed and start scribbling? All of the above. I've, I've just sat down and turned on my iPhone recorder mm -hmm. and just kind of play randomly. And I think, oh, that was a bunch of crap. And I knew I might do it again the next day. And then I might go back and listen to two or three days and come up with an idea. I've dreamed of songs. I've you know, been writing in the car. And it's like, oh, I got to pull over and write this idea down. Mm. And it's just been where I've really tried to come up with something. It's like, okay, here's this part. And I really need to, to, you know, just play it over and over again and kind of see if I hear something, you know, in the melody. And I'm not an intellectual writer. I know that a lot of people can just visualize it and they're intellectual writers, but I just, I have to hear something. So I'm kind of more auditory that way because right. I can't hear it, I can't play it. Yes. And that, that holds true, whether you're playing a song, writing a song, improvising, if you can't hear it, you'll never play it. Right. What album is currently out right now? The last album that I released in January 2020 was Stronger Now. I had a lot of success with that album. Stronger Now, the title track, was on Sirius XM Watercolors. Sun's Out was on Sirius XM as well. And Perfect Sunday, you know, charted uh, number four, Billboard. They all charted on Billboard, but yeah, you've done very. Sunday you've, made it the highest. You've and, done very uh, well on Billboard, essentially the smooth jazz charts. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah, and again, that kind of is where my music landed because yeah. it wasn't intentional, but that was just what people decided it was. So, you know, yeah, I never called it that. So, yeah, uh, I don't think most artists call their music anything other than music. And, right. and they let everybody else decide what it's going to right. be. And that's where it landed. Who's producing for you? Well, I, I 
co-produced with, you know, several people. My new single, I co-produced with Roberto Valley. Mm -hmm. uh, he's played with Spyro Gyro. Uh, he's a writer in his own right. He's played with, you know, Christopher Cross, Dinah Shore. I mean, just the list goes on and on. Wow, that's a, going you know, from Christopher Cross to Dinah Shore. That's a, it just yeah. got to be flexible. Um, yeah. But anyway, we, we co-produced it together. So that's been released and doing, it's been out for a couple of weeks. And so far it's doing really well. But I have other tunes that I'm working with Paul Brown. Mm -hmm. uh, he's producing, he lives in California. You know, we did a lot remotely, you know, just sending things back and forth via the, right. the now, internet. What's next for you? I'm finishing my album. Uh, it hasn't been announced yet, but been invited to go to Burke's Jazz Festival in the spring. Oh, so, do we, is this, we have an, I have an exclusive? You do. Oh. It hasn't been announced yet. But yeah, you heard it here yes. first, folks. Yeah, I have a date for Burke's Jazz Festival, and that's a, you know, and I was invited. Mm -hmm. So you just try so hard to make things happen, and it doesn't happen. And then sometimes, just out of the blue, I something mean, comes up. And it was the same. I, I played the uh, Smith Center in Las Vegas a few years ago, a couple of years ago, and I was just invited. I was invited by, used to be the director of the Baldwin Artist Division mm -hmm. and moved to Las Vegas after Baldwin disbanded and, you know, liquidated a lot of their artist program and a lot of things. You know, started the Smith Center you know, just on Facebook, you know, kind of reconnect and say, oh, hey, you know, you're, you know, on Billboard. And so he invited, you know, with, you know, the directors of the Smith Center, of right. course, invited me to do a, um, a concert at the Smith Center. And that was just fabulous. That was like a bucket list dream come true. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just a fabulous venue. You know, do you find that your your bucket's getting full or does it keep getting larger and you want to fill it with I more? I have so many bucket list things. <laughs> I don't know if it'll ever be full. But, you know, I've been very rewarded in having some of the things yeah. know, filled. And that was one, you know, playing in a concert hall. It's the Carnegie Hall of the West, you know, the Smith Center. It's just state of the art. Everything was perfection. I can and, imagine. Uh, it was just a fabulous experience. And, and then I've tried to get things, you know, calling people, tried sending them EPKs, you know, try, 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 try. And just it's futile. And it's like, yeah. well, you know, oh, well. Yeah. And then the universe turns around and rewards you some, some other way. And something that comes out of the blue. Yeah. And um, which is a great thing. It's yeah. kind of been my career. <laughs> So what advice do you have for anyone who's trying to achieve what you've been achieving in the last dozen years or so? My advice is to be very flexible, to always be kind, because if you're not kind to someone, it will come back and bite you to ask at some point. Be nice with the people you're working with and who you're around and respectful and work hard. You know, it's just... Those things will get you a lot further than having an attitude and, and thinking you're above everyone else. Right. You know, it's just, you got to learn how to work with people. It's just critical to work in bands or wherever you may end up working. You're going to have to work with someone and to be flexible. And show up on time. Show up on time. Be punctual. Yeah. Do what you say you're going to do. And... I had to be very resilient, it's very not flexible. An easy, it's not an easy business. No. 
It's and, not. And make no mistake about it, it is a business. Well, you have to treat it like a business. Again, you know, you have to do what you say you're going to do. And, you know, we, we're all guilty sometimes of, of overextending ourselves and, you know, you have to have to follow through. Yeah, that's good, good advice for anybody to follow, whether yeah. you're a musician or not. And bring an egg McMuffin to, uh, <laughs> to keep people happy. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what started that, but it was just a fun thing. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you taking the time for that. Well, I, you know, I think it's always fun, again, you know, working around other musicians and exchanging ideas. I've always had fun doing that. We're going to look to see your next record on Billboard. I hope so. And uh, I'll, I'll play the title cut. Okay. And uh, give people a little taste of it. Okay. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, thank you for doing it. Yeah, we'll talk again soon. Okay, all right. All right, bye-bye.